Oh, right. Now that we're recording, I should probably clap. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's true. Good yawn. Good morning. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning, Lillian Buzzle. Oh, hi, Jen Ponton. I'm so happy to see you here on All the Fucks. Oh my gosh, what is all the fucks, Jen Ponson? Uh, I'm under the impression that it is a podcast starring myself and you. Uh, Ooh, nice. I'm already interested. And every week we let loose our deepest, most ridiculous secrets and mortifying stories and preconceived notions about two very late bloomers throughout our lives. <laughs> Does that sound about right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. What would you say it feels Let, like? Letting loose our preconceived notions. Oh, it feels like <laughs> when you think when you think that you're getting a surprise birthday party, but in fact, no one has thrown you a birthday no! party. <laughs> but you show up in a house full of people and keep acting like it's a surprise party. <laughs> That's a wonderfully different scenario. <laughs> like, like it's a party and you think it's going to be for you, but then it's just a party. And you keep telling everyone that it's your birthday and how happy you are that they're there. And then they just cross their eyes and look at you weird. Oh, my God. That's so beautiful. <laughs> that's a, I feel. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> and then you realize that you don't actually know anybody there. Oh, fuck. How did I end up here? <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually a corporate luncheon trying to get people to buy yes, time pharmaceuticals. <laughs> You're at a timeshare pitch that you timeshares for pharmaceutical tourism <laughs> to Mexico. Fuck. <laughs> Perfect. But surprise, it's actually just your regular Monday. Oh Let's... god. And you're already exhausted. Oh, my God. Where is the sitcom? Man, you and I, we got to get on it. I'm telling you. It's just it's just there waiting for us to grab it. I'm not. Um, hot, hot tip. Speaking of things not working out as we had thought, um, I tried the Lime Crime Diamond Crushers um, mm-hmm. around my eyes one time, Uh-oh. and it was fine. Uh-huh. Uh, this is this is a product that's meant for your lips. Then I was like, well, well, hey, if a little looks great, how about all over my yeah. eye? Oh, wait, I'm tingling. Oh, no, no. So I don't recommend. That was not a transferable product. Oh, no. <laughs> so sorry. They do say that you can put it's it okay. on your eyes, too, don't they? Like, it's not oh, intended. I, don't, I didn't check. But, um, I mean, typically things that are okay for the lips are okay for the eyes. But I forgot that sometimes things that go on your lips are meant to plump. I don't know oh, if that is right. Anyway. Tingly wingly. And a lot of Lime Crimes lip stuff does not come off easily. Like mm. it's meant. Oh, that's fine. That's fine with me. I use, I have fancy makeup. Oh, well, remember. no, I mean, I wonder if it's meant, like, if it's got uh, some components that help it stick onto your skin a little bit more. So if that oh. might be where the tingle. And there's the tingle. Yeah, yeah. There's the tingle, <laughs> fuck buddies. Fuck buddies, where is your tingle? Leave us a voice. Or your Farrell. unexpected tingle. <laughs> exactly. Like an unexpected tingle. I can that see. That only it. you are feeling. <laughs> so good. Oh, oh boy. Um, how you been? I am okay. 
um, the weather has been hot and then it's been chill and that always freaks me out. So I'm a little, I'm a little stuffed up because my nose doesn't know oh. what's happening. And I discovered that my favorite nasal spray actually also makes me sleepy. Yeah, that's typical, right? Because it's an antihistamine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. Wee, wee, wee. Uh, but other than that, I'm good. Uh, I'm going to be meeting up with my singing group later on tonight. Hey. I have a show again on Friday. Um, I just got a booking request for a show in Baltimore, which is exciting. Hopefully. Um, my friend Jacqueline Box, who is darling and does, she's an incredible performer and a great teacher and has uh, a school down there with a number of other performers. So is asking me to come MC her um, student showcase, which is exciting. Yes, that's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, such um, nice things. Yes, I'm stoked. Um, and I have something coming up in August with Queen Sinera at um, Lucky Saloon. It's good. It's good. Lucky 13? Lucky 13. I always get it confused because there's a place in Jersey City is called that the Lucky place? 7. Is that the place in Staten Island? There's some kind of like saloon in Staten uh, Island. I don't know. That's not that. It's not that. I believe that. <laughs> I don't know, but I would go to Staten I would perform in Staten Island. I would do that. That's not too terrible for me to get to. No. Relatively close. I mean, terrible is not about the distance, I don't think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there are redeeming qualities to Staten for Island. For sure. But I hear you. <laughs> Look, and if anyone's going to stand up for Staten Island, it's you and I. Because we respectively have some Jersey and Florida, so. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Nothing <laughs> nothing is as ever as bad. And I got family in West Virginia. Like, nothing is ever as bad as the cartoony stereotypes that people paint. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Although I will Except say. Except for Bayonne. <laughs> you know how I get I'm it I'm also Bayonne. just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, I, the best pancakes I've ever had in my life are in Bayonne. There's a wonderful Costco there um, that nobody is ever at, which is thrilling. Ooh. And uh, I performed in a number of bars out there and had a wonderful time. Marvelous. There you go. So good. Now, Paramus. No. <laughs> we could just keep Get working. the fuck off Route 17 and never go back. Or Route 4. <laughs> They're both. Oh, dreadful. Um... Uh, uh, I am, I am having, I am having some difficulties with the world. <laughs> oh, tell me more. I'm having some difficulty. Okay, so, um, Lillian and I, right before, you know, we did a little, like, friendship debrief and talked about, uh, how the world is, is reopening and I have not been as hermity as I have been. Um, over the last year, but I've still, I, I am still remaining cautious and not really going anywhere. I don't need to go. Um, still wearing masks indoors and such. And, um, one thing that I've noticed on the highways is how fucking quick people are to be assholes again. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. I think part of it is that people have forgotten how to drive. Maybe. <laughs> I literally, I saw a couple of weeks ago, I saw an, a horrible accident happen in front of me. Thank God the rest of the road was clear and I was enough behind these two cars. But they were both going mm. like 75 miles an hour. And uh. and it was just the two of them on this stretch. I was back quite a bit. Thankfully, 
back far enough to get off and exit as soon as I saw them collide. But one mm. just like moved into the other one and the crash was humongous. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. It was terrifying. I was shaking and uh, immediately called 911. Um, and hopefully those folks were okay. But I was just like, how? How? Uh. And like, so seeing that and not necessarily observing that either of them was like being an asshole. And then seeing these mm-hmm. people who are like, ooh, aggressive and mm-hmm. and angry and like, uh, no, and and impatient and really risky. Like, as it it makes me feel so many things. But I think the primary one is like, dude. Number one is where the fuck are you trying to get to so quickly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But number two is, man, like chill the fuck out. We've sur- we've survived, perhaps. Or we're still here and we're okay enough to like be going where we're going on this nice Saturday in our cars. <laughs> right. And yet you feel this cavalier about your life and potentially the lives of your passengers and the lives of all these other people on the road with you. And it's it makes me angrier and more upset and definitely anxious, like full on, mm-hmm. full on like hyperventilating anxious. Mm-hmm. When, I, when that has happened, and it's been like, yep. ooh, yeah, it's just been very um, unmooring for me. And I'm like, I don't sure. want to be in the world with these fucking people. Like, I want right. to hang out with Lillian. I want to hang out with people I love. <laughs> I don't want to be with these fucks. Well, I mean, I sh- I sent you that video of the guy doing like pull ups with his pants falling down <laughs> on the path train. <laughs> People have forgotten how to behave. Sure. I mean, people have always been terrible at, you know, most of them at heart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... That's not true. But... I but, don't know. Uh, you know, there's enough people up here. <laughs> there's enough people up here in the tri-state area that that if you are experiencing so many more people on a daily basis, like, a bunch of them are bound to be terrible. Um I wonder if the traffic thing doesn't have something to do with the fact that, like, there wasn't a whole lot of traffic for so long mm. because it's taken some adjusting for me going into the city mm. um, now versus when nobody was going in the city. And I could be like, boop, 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 hop on the bus, hop on the path, go where I'm going. Nobody's on the subway. Subway's moving right. Boop. Is it and hard sudden, now? Um, it's not hard, but the, the things that were delaying the, the trains before, like people holding doors, that's happening again. That was not my experience for months. Because, you know, if there aren't people, too many people getting on and off the train, there's no delays. Yeah, right. Unless it's a track fire. Yeah. <laughs> or someone throwing themselves in front of the train. So, uh, yeah, fewer variables. Fewer variables. More variables equals more possible outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. What's it? And dear listeners, um, I just, just, of course, if you're like, I wonder if the weird person that Lillian was just talking about interacted with her. Of course he did. Um, I could tell that this person was like watching me out of the corner of their eye and I just had my headphones in. I don't think I was even wearing anything low cut. Not, doesn't matter. But, um, 
I uh, he like shifted some things around, and I think he even had like a bag in his hand when he reached up from where he was sitting and grabbed onto this the bar above him on the path train and just didn't even do a whole pull up, just like hung and swung his legs out sideways, <gasps> and his pants almost came entirely off, no! and half of his ass was out. <laughs> It was so, so strange. It wasn't even impressive. It was like, what? This is poorly thought out. Um, and then as soon as we got off the train and I was all the way up, he might have clocked me looking at him, because, but I was trying to keep an eye on him to make sure he wasn't going to come at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, like right away, he was like, hey, what's your name? And I, I said, no, thanks. No, thanks. But you can just call me no. No. <laughs> like, Catcalling is happening again. Uh, it yeah, was a nice I was just break. talking to my... I have a friend who enjoys being catcalled. Full on enjoys? And, oh, yeah. She really likes it. What was her story? Well, uh, just that she was walking around in a sundress and was like, oh, I forgot how fun this is. And fun. I was like, oh. It's fine. She has her reasons. I mean, uh, uh, for sure. I don't know if I don't know if I'd put fun up there. <sighs> I have other I have other ways that I get that attention filled, so for sure. <laughs> Who am I to judge? Yeah, but like, man, even just the just like, oh, the a whole room of people who cannot come up and touch me, and if they do, I know someone will care enough to stop them. Mm-hmm. You don't have that safety net on the street. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, you don't. They can follow you all the way home or to work yep. or like yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not fun. <laughs> Not to yuck someone's uh, yum, but I we all have. <laughs> That's been coming up so much lately. I do think that there is a world in which yucking a yum it's appropriate. Is, is appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like the general Some safety. people's yums are dangerous. For <laughs> sure. Yes, that is a I think that's a dangerous yum. I mean, obviously I don't uh I don't think most people are going to, I don't think most cat callers are going to end in violence, but um that's not to say around half or 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 less. That's still far over what it should be, which is negative 0. Mm. <laughs> And also, the second you encourage anybody, Man. I, uh, my my point is that if you're like, oh my gosh, thanks, mm. then they're going to be like, oh my god, it works, right? And then they're going to throw it out on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. I would like to, I want to know more about people who like this kind of thing. Yeah, unless you get a really good one, like there are really fun. There are some that have made me full on laugh, but I don't think I think that there's a Oh, what, who, oh, remember the guy who called me a baby lobster? No! You don't remember that? Ah! That was right outside of the freak show at Coney Island. I was, I was on my way to a burlesque show at the side show, side, side show by the seashore. Um, and right outside, someone was like, oh, look at you. You look like a baby. You look like a baby lobster. Look at you, baby lobster. Ah! And I was like, I... I, I literally stopped in my tracks and I was like, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. I am a baby lobster. How did you know? <laughs> that's so great. Fuck. See now, yeah, that I would not be able to stop myself from fucking cackling at that shit. <laughs> so good. 
What on earth? I wasn't even wearing red, and I was not sunburned. I don't know what was happening, but it was well, hilarious. You do look like a baby, and your hair is red, so. <laughs> Maybe that was baby it. Baby lobster. <laughs> Sure. I mean, weird direction for him to take it in, as opposed to, like, baby sure. fox, but whatever. Nope. <laughs> Speaking of Coney Island, I saw mm-hmm. I saw pictures on the internet. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. I didn't see pictures on the internet. I saw an Instagram post. <laughs> I mean, my, I, what I'm saying is accurate. Those are pictures yes. on the internet, but that is a phrase yes, grandma. that doesn't mean <laughs> what is I saw pictures on the internet of my friend Claire um, at Coney Island. And she had just gone on the cyclone. And she was like, it was the best ride on the cyclone ever. Oh, so good. Ever. Um, And the Mermaid Parade is going to come back this year, but it's in September, which sounds amazing to me because September is a lot nicer weather, I think. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. For sure. Oh, that sounds so nice. Um, mm-hmm. I I I would very much like that in theory. I don't know how much I can. <laughs> I don't know how much I can practice it. Like I'm really taking baby steps, and I'm not. Uh, I don't know what most people are doing. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, oh, you mean none of my work can come back, but you want me to participate in the world as before? Hmm. Mm. I don't know. Nobody is doing things. Like, I don't have the kinds of events and uh, and filming schedules and stuff. Like, it's, re- it's still very locked down very slow. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, just like with anything else, I guess we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, it's not... The, the stuff with the Delta variant is not super promising because the more that that is allowed to run rampant through the people that it's going to run rampant through, which are, mm-hmm. by and large, unvaccinated people. Mm-hmm. Um, although I want to say AstraZeneca, which uh, was administered in the UK, I believe, I want to mm-hmm. say they've only got like a 60% protection against that variant. But as that Ooh. variant spreads through people... And that spins off mutations. Just the mm-hmm. time alone, like time for it to run, gives it the power to create a mutation that becomes totally vaccine disabling. Mm. Uh, seems to be what the science gets to, which is, wow, viruses are fucking terrifying. You mean don't... Well, in that case, <laughs> we're back to last summer where I'm like... Let's get out there and do it while we can. Yeah, I on I very earnestly actually um, concur with you. I think right now we are in as safe a place as we can be before that begins to happen. So maybe yeah, get out there and live live some some life because um, the science seems to indicate that that happening is not uh, super far off. Obviously, don't be a weird like Wee. fucking you know, Unabomber shut in about it, but. (laughs) (laughs) Or do come join me, apparently. (laughs) It just feels so weird. Like, if I want to go, I want to go back and do things, but nothing that I do has come back. Mm. And so I'm like, well, 
now I'm just jobless and ha- and have <laughs> nothing I'm being invited to. And I see people mm-hmm. like at restaurants and and burlesque shows and like live performances. And I'm like, wait, what? I mm-hmm. I feel very confused and very uh, left behind. Sort of like, where? Th- how the fuck did I get here? Right. <laughs> where? Where? What's going on? <laughs> Right. I mean, the tides turned for me very, very quickly, almost overnight. They really and did. I think that I'm okay. I think I'm okay now. Um, I still, in general, and f- I mean, in New York, probably forever, will feel better about eating outside than inside. Mm. <laughs> but it does look like tables are not right on top of each other like they were. So for those of you who have never eaten in a New York restaurant, um, <laughs> imagine... There are restaurants where it's like, oh, is this a hallway? No. <laughs> That's most of the restaurants. This, this has a, a full bar with people sitting at the bar sure and 18 tables. Yes. And if you're if you're on East East Fourth Street, then you also have a shit ton of lights and in one the Indian restaurant. Tiny bathroom where you have to go down the stairs into the kitchen, which is un- invariably in the basement. Oh sure, and you have to hug and the no door. No air conditioning, no AC. So hot, yeah. mm-hmm. and this the sink is like I have purses bigger than the sinks at most <laughs> yeah, yeah. New York restaurant bathrooms, and also someone is inevitably seated directly outside of the bathroom. Um, I was working with a girl from Ireland, and she was like, "What is this?" So where I'm from, if there is a restaurant bathroom, there's like an airlock. Everywhere. You have to go through two doors to get to the bathroom, especially if it's a single holer. If it's a single oh. holer, there'll be like a, a door and then like a little vestibule and then another door. Probably just um, to keep food sanitary. More well, sanitary. that's what she said. Yeah. She was, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's the actual truth, but she was like, how gross is it that somebody could just be pooping right there and all that's between you and the poop is like a door made out of cardboard. Right, <laughs> a saloon fucking cardboard door. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to New York. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. Oh, hell. Don't miss so, that. So, uh, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Um, Hooray. This is a big one for you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, so fuck buddies, I brought up a few weeks ago. I think I left it in the edit that I was going to be talking with Nikki Blonsky of Hairspray fame in particular. She's the one who played Tracy Turnblad in the 2007 film release of Hairspray. And uh, and it got delayed a bit, but I just legit got off our Zoom and it was so lovely and so wonderful. And she said that she would also love to come on and be a guest for Lillian and I. So you're going to be hearing her sometime in the nearish future. Um, we get to talk to her. Yay, I'm really excited. I, I, Like I mentioned, I saw her perform live um, in a like a one-woman um, cabaret-style show oh, yeah. a little while ago. Oh, uh, what was her show was about? Great. She mentioned that, and I forgot to ask her. Oh, I mean, it was cabaret-style in that it was like songs that she liked to sing with loose themes. Kind sure, of a little bit of pattern in between. Woven through. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Mickey, while younger than both of us, is, uh, we have a whole lot of overlap. Mickey is also queer. Um, she is, she's a queer, fat entertainer. 
<laughs> mm-hmm. And um, we could talk about endless things, but today we actually talked a ton about coming out um, and, you know, kind of like the perception of being a late bloomer and the perception of, of what it's like coming into your own and, um, and, and just sort of taking your authenticity to levels that you have not before, which I personally feel for women and womeny people. Which is a term that Lillian coined that I fucking love, so I'm keeping it. Womeny people! Womeny folks! Uh, I feel like um, a lot of authenticity is just naturally taken from us or discouraged in us. Um, Because it's such a feminine, feminized trait to be a people pleaser, to put other people's concerns and needs before mm. your own, to be a caretaker, to be a nurturer. Uh, you could be someone who's naturally just very good at it, like Lillian and I both are. We're both, <laughs> we're very much both mom friends. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> but there's a level of that being inherent to you uh, and a level of it being learned and encouraged and I think um, in coming uh, in coming to terms with being queer wherever you are on that majestic spectrum um, it really it helps to release you from that particular quagmire of like oh well I'm no longer falling into this bit of performative behavior so maybe mm-hmm. if I'm not pleasing people in this very vast, loaded, fully packed way, maybe mm-hmm. I don't have to please people in these other ways. <laughs> That's true too. Because like I'm already, com- I'm already, I'm already uh, not failing or committing uh, an act of, but I'm already disappointing the unsaid expectation or for some folks Mm. very much said (laughs) the unspoken expectation oh yeah i mean not for me involving any sort of sexuality or gender presentation but for but for me i mean i've said a million times when i when i stopped trying to be the the thinner version of myself or the Mm. whatever people thought Mm. was trapped inside of me um when i was like oh wait that's never gonna happen and I could spend the rest of my life trying and be annoyed or I could find whatever my authentic self is that literally it, it was like Velcro ripping off of Velcro oh, so in that good. satisfying like crunch. Yes. Yes. My heart was a pair of breakaway pants. Um, <laughs> and, um, fat liberation space and queer liberation space is, uh, deeply linked Deeply. Deeply. Unless you're unless you're a cis white guy. Yeah. Gay guys. <laughs> and that's such internalized misogyny, frankly, because um Oh. I I would I would agree with yeah. you there because of the way fat is considered as a feminine trait. Right. Yep. Right. Um Ooh. That sucks. That's, it just sucks. It sucks for um 
it sucks for them that like that's such an insidious part of being a womany person is like the kind yeah. of uh, the kind of shit that you automatically have to enlist in body wise and what you com- what you have committed to upholding just by being a womany person and um, for cis for cis gay men just kind of feeling like they can't be that feminine they have mm-hmm. to um that they have to also uphold it it's something that straight cis men do not play into nearly as much obviously they mm-hmm. suffer under diet culture but yeah. um it yeah uh, one one real gross thing as a sidebar before we move on from this um uh, I follow somebody on Twitter named Tommy in Boots, mm-hmm. and I don't remember if it was Tommy uh, or someone that they had retweeted, um, but it sent me down this horrible rabbit hole oh, no. about um, trans men being told that they will their surgeons will not give them top surgery unless they lose a certain amount of weight. Oh. And... Every single time, they're like, well, it's because of risks with anesthesia. Yes. It's because of risks with this and, like, higher success rates and things like that. And, um, okay, but guess how many people were sent away with, like, a reasonable actual nutrition plan or set up with somebody who could give them any kind of guidance? And once again, eating disorders and trans folks are, like, barely even studied. Rampant. Um, and... While not surprising, like it was something I had not thought about before, like fairly horrifying when it's when it's like, oh, this is something that would be so affirming to you. And for some people, a key they're they're Velcro ripping off. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that you would have to. I I I don't need like reconstruct yourself (laughs) before. You can get euphoria. This, yeah. Gross. It's so upsetting. It's very upsetting. And not just that, which one could absolutely argue is a life-saving procedure because mm-hmm. of because of gender euphoria. But on top of that, for things that are like acutely life-saving, that same that same rule applies. There are absolutely countless countless cases of surgeons saying you can't get surgery until you lose weight for whatever you need for whatever reason with whatever degree of uh acuity that is true like it's ridiculous uh it's it's horrible um reagan chastain talks about that so so much um a uh, a woman who has been a fat liberation activist certainly um Someone who I studied under and learned under, and I quote her in my TED Talk, and um, she is like a marathoner and a a speaker and... Dancer. Yeah. Yeah, she's incredible. And so she, um, she has had, you know, like sports injuries, and she's needed surgery, and they've denied her surgery until she loses weight, which is fucking atrocious and she's like if you would not turn away a thin person for this surgery you are fat phobic you are get better get better at doing surgery get better get better at doing surgery (laughs) stop using the same fucking 
uh, archaic body bodily example for how mm-hmm. to administer anesthesia. Mm-hmm. Get better. Look, we fixed it. <laughs> We're so good at this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where was the original thread? The original just, thread. Just Blonsky. The original thread was uh, about authenticity and about shucking shucking off layers of performativity, not in an intentional way, not in like a, not even in a way that you know you're being performative, in a way that's so Mm -hmm. deep seated inside of you that that once you stop it, you're like, oh shit. It's like, it's like holding your breath for no Mm -hmm. fucking good reason for how, for your whole life. I mean, for people still wearing Spanx, it's literally that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I wanted to talk about that a bit today because I think that's very deeply empowering. I personally have um, coming out for me has been the keystone. It it really has. I, I mean, and I've had a lot of keystone major moves in my 30s I'm turning 37 in a week a week and a half mm-hmm. uh turning to 20 uh, 27 no thanks i'm turning 37 <laughs> never again um in a week and a half and i um and and my 30s have been rife with with that kind of stuff like these big watershed moments where I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. no, I don't think I'd like to be stepped on for the rest of my life. So, no, you can get (laughs) the fuck out. Or, um, you know what? This is not how I want to conduct my life. So I'm just not going to fucking do this anymore because that I don't deserve that. Or I do Mm -hmm. deserve this, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, well, how many more of those can I have? Well, friends, I have a feeling that we just have those forever. But... (laughs) <laughs> um, learning I, I was like well yeah coming out is going to be a big deal and of course it has been but the keystone I didn't anticipate the keystone that it would be because the other stuff was not so much about authenticity but self worth mm. and the, the, the authenticity that this has ushered in has allowed me to drop in even more deeply to like not be a people pleaser i'm settling more nice. firmly into my own opinions yay that's great opinions that i have like swallowed just to make other people's lives easier because how much does it really matter to me in that moment it doesn't in that moment it is it's whatever it's water off a duck's back um but once I was like, oh, I don't have to be straight anymore. Oh, well, now that we're doing this, I actually <laughs> feel this way and that way. And in fact, I never really felt this way about that at all. And so like, <laughs> holy fuck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, when when it is the act of coming out and you do it with people that you love very much like that's a that's a deeply intimate and uncomfortable thing to be like well no like of course I love you I just kept this from you for a really long time don't take it personally (laughs) (laughs) 
Aw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been allowing my opinions much more. Yes, I like this. No, I don't like that. I, li- I like this person a lot, and I'm going to stand up for them, and I'm not going to just sort of, like, bend over backwards about them. Um, or I don't like this person. I don't want to spend time with this person. And all mm-hmm. within, under the umbrella, under the panoply of this year, which regardless of where we're at right in this moment, this year has been such a check-in about like, wow, life is short in the grand scheme of things. And it's also chaotic and you don't know when your last day is going to be. And so knowing that, how do you want to move forward with your life? And just like, not like that, not holding my breath. (laughs) No. No, no, Not no. holding my breath, walking backwards in heels? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> Have you noticed any of that? In myself? Mm. Or in others? Uh, I mean, I definitely have seen it in you, for sure. Um, for me... Um, I don't know. I feel like for me, it's something that I've known for, I've known for years, didn't bother to talk about it because it didn't seem important because it was not something that was like manifesting myself, Mm. manifesting in my life in any way, except for, except for I was just thinking about like, I do think about five years ago, or maybe it was, maybe it was when we went on that cruise that was accidentally a gay cruise. Um, (laughs) I do remember being like, I don't care if I ever hang out in like a culturally heterosexual space again (laughs) yes and I've I felt I mean it probably probably started before that like my favorite spaces have always been queer spaces which has been tricky because you know there's the whole thing about uh, there's a lot of misogyny in gay in gay bars that become gay cis male bars Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and if I'm not cruising, it feels weird to go to an all women's bar, which they're not all like that. But like the 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 one that I knew about, the two, the one, that, well, the Click Club, <laughs> which is no longer around, um, was very very cruisy. Meowmix um, was chiller, <laughs> and then it moved to Brooklyn, so I wasn't gonna go hang out there all the time. Um, and then Henrietta Hudson's, uh, it has a pretty cruisy. Um, uh, 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 reputation. Yes. Cubbyhole uh, <laughs> is open again, and that's supposed to be more chill. Um, it was interesting when we were in an Anchorage, because when a place is small <laughs> and there's only one gay bar, like, everybody has their own sections of this one bar. Oh. Or, like, it's different depending on the night or whatever. Uh-huh. And that is that is more my vibe and speed in general with everything. Um but I guess, you know, when I was looking for that, I didn't realize it was because I was into everybody. Right. Sure. <laughs> this is Pan. This feels good. <laughs> yeah. When I was like, well, this doesn't feel right and this doesn't feel right. So um, I guess maybe not trying to – not trying to make excuses. Fundamentally, I do feel like I have been able to, like, let out a deep breath a little bit. Um, but it was not something that I was super worried about before. Um, 
I mean, I guess I've, in doing some thoughtfulness, I I think that I started describing myself as not straight maybe in the late 2000, like just before, maybe let's say like, tw- I don't know, a couple of years after Donna and I get, got married. Mm-hmm. And it and it didn't bother me when people saw me and Don together and were like, oh, that's a straight couple. Yeah, right. Which we, you know, even like drag queens who we're friends with were like, oh, the straight people. And I was like, that's eh, fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I just said a lot of words about not- nothing real specific. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, it's been, I mean, it has felt like pieces falling into place. And I, I don't feel like I have had to explain myself to a lot of people, nor did I have a, do I feel like anybody wants to solve my sexuality like a puzzle. So I'm grateful for that. That's huge. That's huge. I think that that was my biggest worry was that queer people not thinking that I was queer enough and straight people thinking that I was just looking for attention. Mm, that's a shitty feeling. Mm. Has that changed since being a burlesker? Do you feel like that was sort of the um, uh, uh, watershed moment for you? Oh, in being around people with different gender expressions and different, gen- like, very, very non-denominational right. expressions of sexuality. Right. Yeah. I would, and the yes, likelihood of so, you yeah. being mm-hmm. straight going way, way, way down. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But just seeing, like, again, you know, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went It went from, like, well, I can't, I can't, capital letters, be a lesbian because uh, this is what that means and that's not me. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, uh, and it was nice to see so many other different expressions and things and, like, people, pe- but, but you're right. So people that we've known in the, in the fat community. Um, uh, I remember the first time that I saw Elise D'Alessandro with her gorgeous yes. trans husband. Like, I yes. was like, oh, I didn't know about her. And then there and like, oh, how lovely. And, and, oh, yeah. And I think that that was sort of like the first bubble on the poppy paper mm. that I was like, boop. Okay. There's a thing. Me too. Um, Elise is one, absolutely one of the first iterations that I was like, oh, okay. All right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. And and then the folks that we met through the Big Fat Flea um, and even people working at Lush and things like that where I was like, boop, boop, boop. Oh, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, I don't know. That's the end of that story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. And um, in fact, we, we received okay. a lovely email um, last week that I have yet to reply to. Apologies. Um, From one of our most devoted, beloved listeners. And she was talking about how happy it made her heart to, especially for me, because uh, I don't know her as intimately, but to see me, to witness (laughs) my my de-cocooning over (laughs) the course of this podcast from when really only Lillian new to me coming out publicly to me talking about it more intimately with y'all and um and reflecting on her own her own journey which uh which began much like 
me and to a lesser extent Lillian because Lillian's been more self-aware for longer but um you know living a very typical nuclear family life until realizing like oh something's different (laughs) (laughs) and and how that manifested in the 80s when the scene was different and pre-internet and being out at clubs and the importance of social uh, mingling and interaction. And uh, Lillian wrote back uh, specifically about the flea and how formative mm-hmm. that was truly for you and I both because we started working with the flea um, definitely around the time where I think I was first really truly exposed to like radical trans and genderqueer bodies. Mm-hmm. In particular, yeah. as well as just yeah. lots of lesbians, but um, yeah, and mindfulness around um, language. Yeah, yes, that was definitely one of the first uh, environments where we had like um, we had a like a training. Yeah, what do they call it in college? You have your um, orientation. Yeah, yes, yeah, we did. We had we had orientation training calls. They weren't even zooms because it was like ten years ago. and there was a lot of mindfulness from the organizers who were almost uniformly queer on pronouns and uh gendering of clothing and mask and femme presentations and everybody who who drew outside who colored outside those lines um and that was really the first time that i had ever experienced that mindfulness and behavior Mm-hmm. Ever, yeah. so they were mm-hmm. so ahead of the curve in in so in so far as just yeah being a very welcoming, very 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 queer space. Yeah, um, where a ton of where a ton of queer individuals felt really authentic and very real and hyped each other up and like looked so freaking hot. Yeah, <laughs> and we all bought each other's clothes. Yep. <laughs> It was so good. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. This was, um, for those who aren't uh, familiar with the Big Fat Flea, it, there hasn't been one in a while, but it was um, mm. a fundraiser for a group called No Lose. And it was, these folks would co- collect clothing over the course of like three months, mm. um, sending volunteers out to people's house, like p- coming to your house mm-hmm. in, uh, and then taking your clothes and putting them in storage bins, storage you know units, and then ultimately bringing everything to one place a couple days before the event and then we would dig through and sort through things which was an absolute joy it was our favorite thing we'd go the night before and we would sort and and show each other cool shit and make friends with the other volunteers and then the next day people would buy tickets and then once you were in all of the clothing was very inexpensive. Yeah. So, like, and they would keep bringing things out. So, like, you might you might score a wedding dress for, like, $25. Yeah, yes. Yes. So good. Yeah. Oh, my God. But but I understand why it hasn't happened again because it was an enormous undertaking. Enormous, Huge. enormous, enormous. And Tara moved to L.A. So it was Tara oh, and yeah, Rebecca right. primarily. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tara moved to L.A. So it was just Rebecca and a lot of people who were – you know, very close. But I feel like Tara and Rebecca were the first, uh, were the initial they organizers. They it. Yeah, they yeah. did. So, I miss them. But yeah, being, um, and it was also um, uh, 
a stark contrast to other things that I had been in like that where I felt like an outsider and mm. I was felt like I was walking on eggshells, which I know a lot of people do feel about um, pronouns and mm-hmm. and gender and stuff like that, uh, where this um, was very welcoming and like, hey, listen, we all make mistakes. We're all here to try our best and to make this whole thing is about making everybody feel good and feeling like they look good and feeling like they're authentic selves. So like if something goes sideways, just apologize yeah. and move on. Yeah. Like ask the right question. Keep going. And, you know, hopefully we all avoid all that. But people are people. Yeah. It was it was so wonderful. And so seeing that level of welcoming uh, welcoming acceptance in this community, not only around gender and sexuality, but also specifically about that overlap with fat lib, which Lillian yeah. and I had already been into, but under a far more, you know, binary heteronormative mm-hmm. umbrella. Um was really what a terrible umbrella oh worst it actually gets you wet and not dry <laughs> doesn't get me wet well or, or drier it gets you the most dry <laughs> i could kill also, myself if my mom dear listeners to that. don't put umbrellas in your vagina but where were we going with this? <laughs> oh fuck! Where were we? Um, uh, <laughs> seeing that overlap with uh with fat liberation was also like not only yeah not only are you totally cool no matter who you dig and no matter how you identify on the gender spectrum but also yes your body is glorious and worthy and and exactly as it's supposed to be. Which, mm-hmm. again, especially when most of the gay culture that we've been exposed to is gay cis male, that is not right. gay cis male messaging. Fuck right. no. It's almost worse than being a woman-y person. Like, <laughs> ew. <laughs> they are why we have paleo. <laughs> ew. Oh, my heart. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, to be in that radical space mm, was very freeing and very liberating. And that, for me, started the snowball um, that popped up in my head every so often. And I was like, what if? And then I was like, nope, not going to think about that today until I... It took a long time. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. (laughs) until I was like, oh, I'm thinking about it every day. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, I can't say I didn't see it coming. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, you know what? I just realized something. Mm -hmm. I think that part of what made me feel like my shit wasn't valid was that, you know, uh, uh, so many people talking about, like, it's not a choice, it's not a choice, it's not a choice. Mm. And, I mean, uh, while my attractions were not a choice... I was in a I was in a place where I I could choose who to interact with. Yeah. Um and I don't think that I didn't interact with other genders of people because I wasn't attracted to them. I think I think part of it was because I was always more likely to flirt back to somebody who flirted with me first. So yeah. like whoever 
<laughs> whoever was giving me attention, whether or not I really wanted to talk to them, I would probably talk to them right. back, unless it was the guy on the path train doing pull-ups with his pants. <laughs> but um, and no, I is that not that, a I remember. Move? No, it's not. You can say that for somebody else. Um, I. I remember, like, the first few times that a cute girl flirted with me where I was like, oh, oh, we're feeling. <laughs> yeah, but also I was already either married or with Don. And yeah, so right. I think that I'm a generally flirty person. Um, and I enjoyed those moments, but, like, nothing ever went anywhere. And yeah. uh, as it shouldn't at the time. And... Um, and I was like, well, shit, if I can make this choice, then maybe that's not who I am. Maybe it's just like everybody's a little gay. Yes. Yes. But I don't think that's true either. Like, I I think that there are people who have zero capacity for being with anyone except for what they feel like their binary opposite for is. For sure. Yeah. And I think uh, not just it's not a choice, but also um, uh, uh, born this way. Um, doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not saying it's wrong and I'm not saying it's not important because it obviously is. Like there is a need for that messaging, but also not entirely helpful, uh, when you start realizing something when you're like, uh, 26, 27 and you're like, maybe, oh no, I wasn't born this way. So I guess I'm just being silly or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and also for me, I think I've mentioned this before, but like, I don't, I don't love the term demisexual because it seems like, it seems like lesser. Demi seems like half. It seems like less. But like, I, I am not automatically attracted to a specific body type or, um, even, even a like sense of humor is big up there for me, but like, I don't, I'm not attracted to everyone I think is funny. I'm not attracted to everyone who has the kind of butt that I like on some people. Uh-huh. Like it's not, there's no, literally no, no like magazine slash porn site where it's like, here, here are the things that you are specifically into. Mm-hmm. We were talking about like a very physical attraction level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and I do, like, I need a bit of a connection with somebody, even if it's not, even if it's not super strong on immediate contact, like, it, it, something, something in common or, like, it has to be more than just seeing a picture of somebody. I can, I can see somebody and be like, oh, they're hot, sure. What if they have but a like, weird voice? Like, <laughs> oh, God. That is so... That's such a disappointment. Weird voice is the worst possible one. Weird voice, or like, um, or like the guy, the guy. <laughs> Apologies that I the, dated to those of you who might have weird voices. Ev- well, that's the problem. Is everybody thinks that they have a weird voice. Um, nobody likes to hear their own voice. <laughs> but some of some of your voices are weirder than others. Um, uh, or like when I found out that guy that when I was, I only knew him at Colonial Williamsburg. So we only wore like colonial costumes around each other. And then he <gasps> came to pick me up and I was like, oh God, you can't dress yourself. If, if I had met him wearing those awful outfits and those like taper leg acid wash jeans, I would have, I would have had zero lady boner, none, like running the other way. R.I.P. So, so I mean, R.I.P. Joseph. Poor dude. 
Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But I, I mean, because of all of those things, I never felt like I fit in yeah. with anywhere on that. And then sure. people would tell me that I was too picky or people would make fun of me for like getting crushes on gay guys or people would, um, God, I, when April's boyfriend told me I should get into sports to meet guys, <gasps> like, yeah. all of that made me just feel like, well, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. And I hope somebody, I hope I collide with somebody one day because that's the only way it's ever going to happen. <laughs> right. For anything. Like I didn't date people. I wasn't, I wasn't a datey dater person. <laughs> I have to tell you this again. And I say again, because I didn't tell you on the podcast. I told you privately. Um, but, oh, okay. uh, around this time of year, uh, around a year and a half ago when I like was inside like oh my god I'm queer I mean I only told Lillian and my therapist <laughs> um <laughs> whose advice to me was how will you let how do you know you like ice cream if you don't taste it <laughs> okay <laughs> I don't I don't know if I agree with that entire parallel, I but okay. totally concur with you um <laughs> However, I appreciate his effort in fucking rattling my cage. Um, around that, around the time that I just knew internally and had talked to Lillian about it a little bit, um, it was after the holidays, so it was the first time I was like going back to auditions. You know, everybody's like back in town. You go to your appointments. And I ran into this woman who I had met before and who was just like a fucking lovely human. Um, lovely in every way, a lovely person and, and like beautiful. And she had maybe had told me the last time I saw her that she had come out as queer and like we had chatted. And so when I saw her after the holidays, she saw me and she gave me this giant hug and she was like, oh my God, you are so beautiful. Please tell me your husband fucking worships you. And yeah. when she said that to me, first of all, my husband's amazing. But when she said that to me, I was like, oh, short circuit. Oh, <laughs> So uh, last I last I saw her, she was listening to our podcast. So we'll, we'll see. Oh, well, there you <laughs> anyway, go. Anyway, she is a wonderful human and fucking lovely, and yeah. definitely gave me feelings with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, something that I don't—I mean, I don't want to gloss over it, but I do want to—I do want to say it because I have only talked to a handful of people about this, and it's. Um, really important and I I want to find I want to I, I want to use it in whatever way is helpful um, and most healing for people but one of the ways that I have um, grown in my authenticity um, I want to talk about something um, content warning for sexual assault uh, if you don't want to listen anymore 
Um, you can fast forward to the last 30 seconds where we'll say goodbye and give you a hug. Um, uh, one of the ways that I've grown my authenticity in like the most profound way has been um, disclosing sexual assault that I experienced uh, 10 years ago. I was being assaulted and groomed and abused by um, a superior, by someone who uh, was very manipulative and... Uh, <sighs> Uh, uh, nefarious and when it was happening I mean I I was young I but like I felt extremely young I was only I was 26 but like I felt I felt like a baby because I'm a late fucking bloomer and I just felt so lost and so wrong and so ashamed and when I finally was able to get away from him I had tried to tell one person and she didn't believe me. And uh, that was a terrible feeling because she had she had been assaulted years prior to that. And I was the person that she came to. And, of course, I believed her and helped her through that experience. And then uh, when it was happening to me, it, she was a dismissive, um, awful person. And... Uh, Anyway, I felt so much fear and shame and agony and I felt I just felt bad. I felt like a bad person. I felt badly and I felt like a bad, terrible, wrong, wrong person. And I decided that I wasn't going to tell anyone else ever. Ever. I wasn't going to tell a therapist. I was not going to tell my diary. I was not going to ever speak of this for the rest of my life. Like, half of it was caretaking. Half of it was people-pleasing. Taking care of other people for them by not putting it on them. Putting it on these people who loved me and would obviously worry. Um, right. But half of it was also punitive like I am so bad and wrong and wrong and bad and it's my punishment for being so wrong and bad to have to deal with this alone mm -hmm. and so oh god I can't believe it for 10 years that's exactly what I did I am I sat with it every day of my life I had nightmares about it constantly um, and I did not tell a single soul, um, until after I came out. And once I came out and I was sort of in the midst of like, oh, this big authentic thing. Oh, these little authentic things. Why? No, I don't like this flavor of this. And I don't want to hang out with that person. And I was like, oh my God, what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> um then I was like oh this is coming up in me oh my god I can't believe I'm going to say it and when I first spoke it I could not stop shaking I was a leaf in the wind and I was sobbing like like full-on just like heave sobbing uh could not catch my breath shaking and I as like terrible horrible as that 
felt. Um, getting through the horrible, bad, wrong, horrible, bad, wrong, no, this is your shame only. Um, I actually felt freedom. And I've, and the reason that I can say it to you all in this moment right now, Lillian is one of the first person, uh, people that I told. She might have been the second. Um, in this moment, uh, the, the reason that I can say it like this is because as I have told it to my intimates, I have built up this sense of release and um I mean I would say I was feeling less horrible bad wrong bad wrong about it honestly once me too really came to the fore a couple of years ago because Mm. I saw I saw my story in so many other people and I had the empathy for them that I didn't have for myself and I was like oh no he was absolutely abusing you a minute oh Okay, and as I saw hundreds, and as I listened to the fucking Kavanaugh hearings, and as I watched, as I watched women be fucking ignored and taken for granted and shelved for years, I, um... I was able to, f- to just wiggle it a little bit, like a, like a tooth that's gonna fall out sure. sometime. Yeah. I I was able to just wiggle at it and I was like, well, maybe I'm not this terrible wrong bad. And so I did start to, in my head, like, okay, uh, I correctly re-identify it after basically seven or eight years of just teaching myself to um, take it all on me and mm-hmm. convinced that I had, that I, that I was this, you know, terrible person. Um, and so I think that, that wiggled it enough that I felt like, oh my God, can I really, can I really share this? Mm-hmm. The, the freedom that I felt, that I have felt has been almost impossible to communicate. I feel so much lighter. I feel more whole and I definitely feel like I'm giving myself the love that I have denied myself for a very 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 long time I'm so proud of you I'm so proud of you (laughs) thank you it's so fucked and I know I know how much other people's stories helped me and so if there is yeah if there's anybody who has gone through anything like this and feels wrong bad shame you're not alone and you're not wrong you're not bad there are terrible people in this world who who want to convince you that you are and you're not alone and you're not broken and I 
am so, I am just so grateful to queerness because I don't know if I would have gotten here without going through the gauntlet that was like, oh my God, I'm queer. Oh my God, now I got to come out. Oh my God, now I got to be queer in the world. <laughs> and But like once I did that and I was like, oh, okay, I'm queer in the world. Wow, what else can I unburden? Right. What other right. fucking needless burdens can I shuck off? And and not and not spiritually punish myself anymore. Now that I'm okay with not being this, you know, perfect, pleasing straight girl. Maybe the other stuff is just it's just illusions too. Damn. Fuck. That's it. That was all the fucks. That's it. That's all the fucks. That's every fucking last one. (laughs) That's it. It's been a good run, (laughs) y'all. JK, I haven't told you enough Uh. fart stories, so. (laughs) To be frank, I don't think I've told any fart stories, so there's definitely room to grow on this year podcast. A bucket, bucket list. A bucket, bucket list. Oh, <sighs> I love you. I love you. You're amazing. You're an amazing person. So are you. Thanks. You've held such incredible space and and loving support for me. I mean, always. You're you are so dear to me. But like, fuck the last year and a half. Are you goddamn <laughs> kidding me? I mean, hard same. Hard same. (laughs) And I do get to hug you soon. I know. I do get to hug you soon. It's going to be so nice. I know it's going to be so nice. (laughs) Speaking of which, fuck buddies, I do, um, I I actually, I have to fix my car, (laughs) which is why you haven't seen us on Instagram yet, because my car, uh, my car is just petered out for the summer so I do I have to take it in and get my air conditioning fixed before I can go <laughs> spend time with Lillian but um it's going to happen and we're going to Yay. do an actual episode together mm-hmm. which is gonna be fucking wonderful and I know uh, and we get to just like fucking hang out during the daytime because I presume your weekends <gasps> are all booked but I'm gonna go ahead and presume that you're, uh... They're sporadic, but you've got one of them coming up, so... Yeah! Birthday! <laughs> which is also my one-year coming out anniversary, which I think I said oh, earlier. Yeah. I now cannot even recall. <laughs> yep. Um, so my hair is pink, and it's all pink. of the party decorations are queer as fuck. <laughs> Every fucking last one. Yay. <laughs> Yay. In fact, uh, it's it, it's a very small gathering. It's Lillian and one of my other dearest, closest friends and his girlfriend. And uh, I have not, I don't think he knows I'm queer yet. So I should have a talk with him. So he's, so he knows what's up at the party. <laughs> Fair enough. It's still. Fair enough. Still a good time. I will say, I will say, okay, so. 
I've actually been excited to talk about this with, with like, certain people who I haven't, um, like, explicitly said anything or, like, maybe are not on Facebook or mm-hmm. things like that. I'm like, hey, just so you know, like, I don't talk about this a lot, but X, Y, Z. And I feel like almost every single person is like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yes. For sure. <laughs> I showed you my sixth grade picture. Like, I should have known. <laughs> I think part of me did know, even though I don't recall ever, I don't know, recall ever having, like, a conscious thought of, like, maybe you like girls. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because the second that a girl is like, oh, other girls are pretty, adults are so quick to be like, yeah, you can think other girls are pretty. That doesn't make you, that doesn't make you queer. <laughs> oh, gosh, that is true. Right? They're like, yeah, of course uh-huh. you can admire other girls. You're still straight. Yeah. As opposed to if a boy was like, oh, other boys are handsome or other boys are hot, then it's like, gay. <laughs> but if a girl's like, oh, right. I think I think girls are pretty, they're like, no, 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 you're definitely still straight. Meanwhile, I was like, what about the boys who look like girls? Because those are my favorite. <laughs> what about what about the girls who look like boys? Like, I, I you know what? And I, I have to say with this, too, I think Rachel Maddow kind of clicked something Ooh. for me also. Yes! Right? Good call, for sure. Or like, oh, um, yeah, Rachel Maddow, Jesus Christ. Woo! Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I just, I, I feel like people's vocabulary around... Well, and it's not not to say that, like, you're this kind of, of, this is your sexual, here's your little box, like, here's your, you are sapiosexual, or, like, you are this, or, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, Having more conversations about what any of that could look like is helpful. I don't think shoving people into a box, a different kind of box, just because there's more boxes mm-hmm. doesn't mean the boxes are a good place to live. Um, but yeah, like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a, a demisexual, pansexual, like, whatever, XYZ oriented, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, hearing people talk about it was more helpful than for me trying to pick which ones of those I identified with. Yeah. Defo. Yeah, uh, that was that's always very hard. It's why I like queer so much. Like, mm-hmm. oh god, queer just lets me throw all the colors on the palette that I that I would like to in that exact moment. Like, right, <laughs> right. yeah. In fact, I I ju- I also just came out to my um my representatives, my agents and managers, and oh, right I on. was like, hey, you guys probably may have seen on social media already because I not. Uh, I'm not secretive about it, but I am queer, and it's Pride Month, so hey. But also, like, <laughs> I, I said my pronouns are, are she, her, for now. Like, if I've already opened this door, who knows what other doors are on are on down the line? I mean, sure. But I, but I was like, yeah, my pronouns are she, her, for the time being, and uh, queer it up. I, I'm, I'm happy with any feminine pronouns except for ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. When I was in my hometown, I got pulled over by a guy who graduated with me and he didn't recognize me because COVID and mask, it was back mm-hmm. in like March and, and he ma'amed me and I was like, sir, you are, young. you are older than me. <laughs> like the fuck we went to high school together, bitch. Ha 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 That's really Damn funny. It. 
<laughs> Sir, this isn't Arby's. I knew your sister. My best friend had a <laughs> had a fucking grudge against her. <laughs> oh, hometowns. Oh, hometowns. Mm, love it. Um, so this is not it's specifically a recommendation. This might be an anti-recommendation. Um, I, I'm going to go back and try to watch it. But there's a, a Pride documentary that's on at Netflix right now that I started watching this weekend. And the beginning of it was good. It was interesting because they were talking. They started talking at the very first episode about how, like, everybody thinks that everybody before um, gay liberation was in the closet and miserable when in fact like a lot of people in the 30s and 40s leading up to the 50s um like when people were in the war uh, a lot of sailors were around in in male only environments for the first time in their entire lives and a lot of women who were going to like help with the war front i didn't realize this if you were like going to help make bombs or whatever you might actually go get put up at a dorm somewhere so um there was a period of time right around the war where like I mean, people would could still you could still get fucking fired, but there was a, there wasn't quite as much like um, sh- uh, compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is exciting! I can't wait to talk about more about this. And then it took a hard left turn into a reenactment, which I, I you got to oh, I need man. a content warning. If I think it's a documentary and then there's suddenly a doofy ass reenactment, I, I just, it's so it goofy ruins it for me. Yes, it ruins it for me. Um, the bonus was that it's the actress who played maybe on Arrested Development and I should learn her name. Alia Shawkat. There you are. She's fantastic. And she looked like literally exactly like the lesbian that she was playing who uh, apparently got was working in the government and got fired. But I had to stop watching it. I have to go back into it with the mindset where it's like, oh, you're going to be exposed to some... <laughs> Jesus. It was, no, it was non-consensual reenactment. No! <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so then we, just, then we just watched Golden Girls. <laughs> Excellent choice. Excellent choice. It was a good pivot. That's a great pivot. Um, Mm -hmm. my recommendation, now I do have to, I have to give you the heads up that I have not yet seen it. So it's not an earnest recommendation, but it is a, hey, it's Pride Month, you should probably check this out. It's my intention to check it out. Netflix has a series called Feel Good. And from what I understand, um, it's the, the general, um, the general criticism of like queer cinema is that it's always like... It's always heartbreaky. Like nobody gets oh, yeah. their dreams realized. Nobody experiences real love. There's always like death or loss. It's always trauma, traumatic, yeah, yeah, yeah. and horrible. And from what I understand, uh, feel good is like an actual feel good queer love story. Yeah. Um, between women and people. Uh, nice. And uh, yeah, that's my. I'm excited to look at it, and if you want some good queer cinema in your eyeballs, um, there's, like, two seasons of it on Netflix, so. Hooray! Yay! Yay. Um, I want to go ahead and shout out, hang on a second, um, uh, uh, two very wonderful queer people, um, Nick's Nocturne and Bernadette Teeters. Both of these people are on um, Instagram. Bernadette Teeters is spelled pretty much like it sounds, and Nyx is spelled N-Y-X. Um, but Bernadette recently wrote um, for a company called Letterboxd with a B-O-X-D oh, news. Oh, yeah? Um, oh. Um, 
IRL name is Shayna, S-H-A-Y-N-A. Again, I only learn one name Member from people. If I, if I met you, Burleski, then, um, oh, I don't know. Last name is Warner. Um, but if I met you through a burlesque thing or, I don't know, sometimes people in the kink community have different names. Like, if I met you under a different name, I'm only going to call you that name. Like, if you want me to call you something else in front of, like, your parents or, like, or a coworker or something like that, you could give me give me a real good heads up and I will do it. But I will forget it immediately. But anyway, um, Shayna uh, 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 wrote... Um, letter for letterboxd a uh, <laughs> be gay slash do crime film list yes that that looks great um so hop on over there Huzzah. and take a look love that yep good rex so yeah happy pride happy pride i love you thank you for being um i mean we love you fuck buddies but also i love you lillian Thank you for being such a fucking wonderful miracle grow for me from the moments that I was like, ah, help, I think I queer, to right now. (laughs) When I'm like, yep, definitely queer. (laughs) Woo, woo, woo. Well, and thanks for opening up. I know that, I mean, God, I know how hard it was for you to confront all of that and to be able to share it like this is so huge. So So. huge. so huge all of it thank you for thank you for always making me feel safe and loved and fuck buddies uh thank you for your big hearts and i hope that i hope that what we do is helpful for you and i and if my story can help any of you uh that's 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 the blessing of going through something like that yay yay all right we love you love you too